the mistake I realised I made over the years was assuming what people's financial situation would be. I would only mention one thing and not give them any idea of anything else that was available. Now I'm saying to people, look, food testing would be my priority. If you wanted like the magic combo, so to speak, really nailing this, you also have microbiome testing available to you. But if you needed to prioritise something based on finances, I would go with the food first and the bloods. That's plenty to work with. You will, in my experience, feel a lot better. And we can visit microbiome later if we feel like we need to. But the huge majority of people, before I even finish speaking, just look at the menu and go, I'll do both. When I started actually having this document and going through it and saying, look, here are your options, but you don't have to go this far, particularly if budget's an issue. But the majority of people just stop me without even finishing and say, no, I'll do all of that. Hello and welcome. Mentoring with Geraldine is a bite-sized practitioner podcast for naturopaths, nutritionists, herbalists and practitioners. This podcast responds directly to your needs, the needs of the practicing natural therapist. With interviews, herbal discussions, something business and something clinical each week, you'll get the variety you need and enjoy to stay motivated in practice. Hello, and welcome to Mentoring with Geraldine and the Bite Size Podcast. How are you? So I'm very excited for the month of December. I have got practitioners with me, and today we've got Stephen Judge. And Stephen is a naturopath in Sydney. He's in Surrey Hills. I don't actually know where Surrey Hills is. I'm sure I could find it on that. Um, But anyway, he works in person and online in an integrative practice, and he's been in practice for the last six years. Now, he mainly works with people in the gut and mental health realms. And, um, and he, I saw you recently at an NHAA thingy, um, day, symposium, whatever you want to call them, on the Gold Coast and um, at the beginning of the year. And at the time, you said that you would really started refining your practice. And, you know, the people that listen to this are slightly newer to practice generally. And so I thought today, if you don't mind, we'd talk about that your practice and how you work and how you see your people, because it's always good to find these things out about other practitioners. So thank Mm. you so much for coming. Yeah, pleasure. Thanks, Geraldine. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I think I said to you literally in the past, particularly the last 12 months, I've really refined like my order of operations, so to speak, and how I, you know, approach treatment plans with people and how I kind of, um, you know, sequence the steps of what we have to do first with patients and like obviously to make it easy and effective for them and also to make it easy and effective for me in practice and not feel like I'm, you know, trying to do 10 million things at once and um, get the most out of my time too so I don't burn out. So I've learned, I've kind of been able to refine my system by getting burnt out a lot and learning what I need to refine. It's not um, the best yeah. way of discovering, is it, is to actually no. burn out to refine. Okay. It's probably easier to start with the refined system and then avoid the burnout totally. But Yeah, like, so I'm happy to share that because I guess, you know, as amazing as my education was, getting into private practice, like, I was kind of flying blind a bit. Mm. Like, I'm not sure what anyone else's experience was like leaving college, but I wasn't really taught systems, so to speak, of, yeah, um, how to practice in clinic. Outside of what the, like the systems in student clinic are very different. They're more set up to assess us, not really, um, not really in a practical way of how we really need to do it in the real world when you're back to back and you're busy and you need to be time efficient and yeah. 
Yeah. So happy to share with that. Oh, totally. The, um, that's what I'm, because it's one of the things that I educate about a lot is the fact that in college, they can't do it any other way. The lecturer has to assess the yeah. person. They have to be there. They have to come in. You know, there has to be P2s who can listen in so that they can learn as well. And so, you know, it's a, it's totally different coming out into the real world. You haven't got a receptionist to book an yeah. appointment to take the money. You yeah. haven't, you know, you haven't got other people to go, oh, you know, what about this? And what about that? And I've thought about this and everybody sit around and talk about it. They're just not there. So yeah. how did you start refining yours? Where did you notice first the changes happening? I guess how I started refining my systems. So look, I started off practicing on my own in a room, doing everything myself. And then I got invited into this medical center. So I do have the luxury of a reception team, mm -hmm. which I pay for, obviously. Um, but if I was still, I always think, well, if I was on my own call, I would definitely be hiring a VA mm -hmm. um, and getting payments up front for an online system, you know, so there's that first. But in terms of refining my systems with, with treatment plans and how I approach, approach it in clinic, I guess I realised that, you know, I guess I, I made this huge mistake of assuming, you know, what big mistake I made was assume trying to, like I would project a lot of my own financial insecurities onto people and assuming in the moment what I think they could afford in terms of testing and supplements. Yeah. So in my mind, I'd be sitting there thinking, oh, they'd benefit a lot from food biocompatibility testing or, or microbiome testing or, or whatever, you know, because mm. um, I do have a bit of a focus on testing in my practice, which we can get into. But I used to, a big mistake I would make was based on what they were telling me, assume in the moment the one thing that they would probably like without even actually asking them yeah which seems silly when I think back on it that it took me this long to figure that out but so because testing is a big part of my practice essentially what my process now has come down to is you know following your lead in a workshop I did with you you know the first 15 minutes particularly is just listening holding the space getting all the data getting all the info um and I have clients do a pretty comprehensive new client intake form before they come in, which I'm a huge fan of as well. Um, but once we hit the 25, 30 minute mark of the one hour initial appointment, my phrasing to people is, well, I've got my own ideas around what could help and all that kind of stuff in terms of treatment and testing. But just to clarify and triple check, just so we're on the same page, um, I'd just like to clarify with you, what are your major priorities that you'd like help with for me, at least to begin with? Yep. So it's like that phrase, it's like, because I ask that question on the form, but 50% of the time by the end of the appointment, there's a different priority that's come out, like, you know. So, and it's so that when I'm listing their goals on their plan, it's directly related to what they've just said. Yep. Um, so I ask them that question and also kind of plan a seed, like, you know, at least to begin with, as in we can't do everything at once. Um, so I use those exact words. And so from there I go, okay, 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 cool, note that down. And then I basically said from there, the phase I move into next within the appointment is I say to people, so look, there are a bunch of, there are a handful of foundational treatments that we can get onto straight away, which I will lay out for you. 
But before I do that, I just want to run you through just a few things about potential underlying factors that might be involved with what's going on for you. And then I just want to lay out for you all the different testing that's available to you if you want to go there and how I would prioritise that. Oh, brilliant. So you're really, um, you're seeding them, aren't you? You're seeding, as I always talk about, you're seeding them into what the possibilities are, but yeah. you're not having it as a draconian situation where they have to do these things. It's their choice. Exactly. Because, and they, can, yeah, it's, they feel exactly. in control. Exactly. So I do, like, my kind of treatment plan document, which I'm happy to share with people. It's just, you know, one, whatever they've told me, one, improve digestion, two, improve energy, whatever they've said. Mm -hmm. And just to kind of broaden and people's understanding of, you know, the underlying reasons of why they're feeling that way and also to link, use the underlying reasons to link to the testing, why the testing's helpful. Mm -hmm. I have a little spiel on oh, underlying factor number one, which is pretty much everyone, gut dysbiosis and leaky gut and a little link to information about that. And there's a little spiel on HPA axis dysfunction. That's on pretty much everyone's plan too. Um, whatever the reasons are, it's like a whole collection of potential underlying issues. And so I just give people a little quick spiel about that for about two minutes, what those things mean, um, and so they can go learn more about it. But then I use those underlying factors to then link them down to the testing area and say, look, okay, so there's a whole bunch of testing you could do. And I'd say for everyone, at a minimum, I do need blood work. I need pathology. So some on my intake form, I've got a section on my intake form that says, um, you know, have you had blood testing in the past six to 12 months? If you have, please upload them here or email them to me. I'll review these before you come in. So if they have done that within the initial appointment, I've just got a little note ready to go of like, look, I've reviewed your bloods. Thanks so much for that. This is what was missing that I really need. And I will either write them a letter myself to take to GP or they can pay for it themselves. I give them that option. Beyond the blood testing, um, so I have, I guess I have my own personal order of operations now with what testing I do prioritise with people. So for about 90% of people, my priority test, regardless of what people are coming in for, is the food biocompatibility testing. Um, because I've just become a huge fan of that test in general. It's very effective. But it just it sets up a stage of accountability for people, really working with the diet in that much detail. And it kind of it almost forces them to have to like modify their diet. Yeah. Because um, I find if people aren't because if people aren't willing to do that, the treatments are not very effective. And yeah, it's just messy. So, but I do say to people, but look, if we're not going to do the food testing, we'll do a diet diary instead. But I give them the choice. Yeah. Um, these days, to be honest, most people go with the testing. They love the idea of food testing. They love the specificity and the individualization of it. And I just say to people, honestly, I get amazing results. Take the guesswork out, take the anxiety out of guessing, just test. And it's it's really easy because you've got alternative foods. So yeah. I mean, I, some people won't do it, that's fine. I do the IgG testing, off you go a few bloods. And yeah. then, but then yeah. I have to think up the alternative foods. Yes. They're yeah. not on it, which is fine. But, you know, we need one or the other from these people so that they have the alternatives. It's not just you can't have gluten anymore. 
Yeah, I don't kind of go there with people unless <laughs> they're like some hectic autoimmune person. I'll say, yeah. look, I hate being that person, but at a minimum, just be mindful of the gluten, but otherwise just test. Yeah, that's me too. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I say to clients, I'm probably considered a bit lax for a naturopath, to be honest, but I think they <laughs> I, appreciate that. But I think I, I think it gets really hard for people. You know, it's really confronting. You know, they are on a, what they consider to be an okay diet, but to us, it's not an okay diet. Schnitzels mm-hmm. aren't an okay diet. You know, yeah. deep fried food isn't an okay diet. And that, you know, I thought I was on a pretty good diet before I became a naturopath. And you know, I used to love to bake. <laughs> Don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, you yeah. know, there's all sorts of things. I thought I had a good diet. I thought I was feeding my children a good diet. And so it wasn't until I became a naturopath that I discovered all these other things. Oh, me too. My studies. I was like, oh, shit. Okay. Right. To be given oh. a list. Don't worry. To be given a list of this you can't have and this you can have either with the biocompatibility or IgG testing means that your client can go, right, I can't have steak, but I can have chicken. Off I go to the supermarket. Just going, you can't have something, silence, just ruins their diet. You know, what are they going to do? They're not going to do it and they're not going to come back. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, I personally, I have that clean life, that recipe. Oh, yeah. And, you know, um, because there is profit involved in using that test, you know, I also offer people, like I use their results to generate individualized recipes Perfect. to ready to go at their follow-up. Yeah. Um, and they love that, you know, mm. cool individualized test and recipes. Brilliant. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, I have noticed that, you know, in my experience, it has the food first approach, whether or not you do a diet diary or a food test, it does filter out people who don't really want to do the work. I've noticed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, I didn't want to look at my diet and they, you never hear from them again. Yeah. And I'm in a place now where I'm like, I'm fine with that because otherwise it just becomes, you know, people come in. It's kind of the mindset of like, well, will these supplements work? Will this work? And it's kind of like people have to understand that like they will work, but if you're addressing other parts of your diet and lifestyle, they'll work. And again, early on in practice, you put so much pressure on yourself and to kind of want to help and fix people and like it's your responsibility with the supplements. And well, that was my experience anyway, but I realized I really needed to work from the beginning with food. And I've just found the testing angle just takes a lot of the guesswork and the anxiety from the client and yourself. Mm -hmm. And the results just work. The results I get are incredible. So, you know, it's like order of operations is like, cool, I need bloods. If you've had them, here's my summary of them so far and here's what we need moving forward. Mm -hmm. Or some people don't need any because they were quite comprehensive. Other people who haven't had blood tests in the past six to 12 months, I'll say, look, I do need bloods. Um, I can order anything you want privately, but it's all out of pocket. So what I'm happy to do rather is write your referral letter to take to GP, see what we can get through Medicare. Mm-hmm. Anything they won't do, which is I think is crucial, then I can set up privately. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that is helpful to people because it is, if you're going to pay for everything privately, it kind of adds up a lot. So I do, and so I've got a referral letter template, which, again, happy to share with people. It's kind of influenced by Rachel Arthur and a few other random yeah. people. I've just kind of made my own little spiel. Um, and I do preface to people like, look, but just a warning though, um, 
it can, the letter can be taken one of three ways by your doctor. They'll either be really into it and very supportive and happy about it and want to do more than I've suggested. That can happen. Yeah. Um, then there's a neutral kind of response from the doctor, like, oh, okay, whatever, I'm not really into this, but I'll do it all. So, okay, great. That's what <laughs> Third potential response is they're really not into it and, you know, the patient's made to feel a bit stupid and what are you doing with this and blah, blah, and then they won't do any of it. That's pretty rare where they don't do it at all, I would say. Um, and this is just from feedback from certain clients. And I get a variety of feedback from all three. But I do just warn clients because if you don't warn them and they go in and they get this rousing, it can be quite a traumatising experience for the client. You know, oh, they're not aware of, like, these dynamics, these yeah. unknown dynamics between naturopaths and GPs. So I just warn them about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I say to them, look, but let the letter do the talking. It's totally justified. It really just depends on how the certain GP feels about naturopathic and integrative medicine, about getting a letter. Like it really just depends on the yeah. date they're having. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I, find, I don't use a letter. Very, I don't think I've ever sent a letter. I think I've sent a letter once. Really? Um, because I put it in the plan. So I'm writing, oh, you know, the, so I'm saying to the person, so we've, you know, got the loss of hair, we've got the exhaustion, da 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 da. So we're really thinking about your thyroid testing, mm -hmm. and so I will write, you know, symptoms may indicate thyroid problems, especially with your age. Um, ask GP, and I'll put a question mark, TSH, T3, you know, and let your GP. And I, so mine is all that. So the GP, they come back and they go, oh, the GP was lovely about it because I've I've written it as though it's the GP's idea. But yeah, right. that's from nursing training. So we're yeah, actually, yeah. Our, one of our very first lectures in nurse, nursing training was how to get the doctor to do things for you. Can you believe it? it was actually a lecture? That's part of naturopathic treatment. Uh, yeah, it should, no, it's part of nursing. So, I mean, it should be part of naturopathic treatment, really, how to get somebody to do something for you. But, um, you know, the hospitals are a very big place and you need things done and you need them and you need people not to go off on one so yeah one of our first lectures was how to get the doctor to do things for you yeah nice and look I have had pretty good luck like maybe it's because of my little banner it's like oh, I'm in a medical center and that is mm. some sort of perceived legitimacy or something I yeah. don't know but yeah. you know over the years I've made connections <laughs> haven't even actually spoken to them but just yeah. doctors who have said to the patient, oh, I love this, stick with them, I'll do it. So I just keep them in my little tab and I send people to them. Yeah, I'll like, no, they'll be supportive. Uh, yeah, so I guess, you know, I know some practitioners just don't bother and just will do everything privately, but that's kind of worked for me. Yeah, I, uh, I like the combo because I just think they'll get, um, you're not considered to be their main practitioner government-wise, the GP is. So, yeah. and the GP won't order anything, can't order anything. I can't order lots of things. It's not allowed, but they will not order anything they do not understand. Yeah, so that's a good point. Like this letter I do have, it's it's nothing. Like the testing is all basics. Yeah. Like, you know, thyroid, I will put TSH and thyroid antibodies. Yeah. I will not put anything in between or RT3. Like yeah. Just, yeah, for the obvious. And I put a little note saying, I'm aware that some of these may not meet your MBS criteria. So-and-so is willing to pay out of pocket if necessary. But I'm not putting zinc and copper on there. I'm not putting RT there. It's just like yeah. blood count, B12. The main stuff I want at a really basic level with people, at least to begin with, is like the full blood count, the, 
you know, electrolytes, liver, B12, iron, basic thyroid, blood sugar, cholesterol, vitamin D. They're the yeah. ultimate basics I want. And I just say to people in the appointment, and we need to, I say to people, look, we need to start with bloods because I don't want to miss anything really basic, yeah. um, particularly at like a, a blood count or nutritional level. If there's something really off there and we correct it, that one thing could have such a traumatic impact on your health. Yep. I don't want to get into all this fancier stuff and test other testing without missing the basics. And we, we also will look at the bloods very differently. Um, you know, things might be in within their bracket, but we're kind of, but they might be very suboptimal from our perspective mm-hmm. and it gives us clues. I explain this all to people and said, so, you know, they're like, cool, I'll definitely get that letter and I'll really push my GP. And if not, I'm happy to pay for it, you know. Yeah. Yep. Which is great, which is what we want. I mean, we really want to work with other, you know, other modalities. We don't want to try and be a one-stop shop. We need to be able to share the client, get other opinions, other options, and and the GPs GPs appreciate it. When yeah, yeah. It so I guess um, yeah. So again, it's like getting to this testing section. It's like because I've, I've got a template ready to go and mm. run people through what their options are. And I'll have my thing of spiel about the blood testing, whatever their situation is with that. Um, and then it's, again, majority of the time food testing. And because I'm predominantly 90% of the time these days seeing pretty chronic gut issues, I know we all see gut stuff, but, you know, it's def- I think I've definitely narrowed my niche into that area with like SIBO and, you know, yeah. everything on the spectrum of gut microbiome. My order of operations is blood, food testing, and then I drop you know, information about microbiome testing that's available to people. So, and I say to people, look, the people coming to see me in particular are like really sick, like chronic gut stuff. So these people like are just ready to do anything. Yeah. So the mis- like I said earlier, the mistake I realised I made over the years was assuming what yeah. people's financial situation would be. And you know what? It's crazy thinking back. So I would only mention one thing and not give them any idea of anything else that was available. Now I'm saying to people, look, food testing would be my priority. If you wanted like the magic combo, combo so to speak, really nailing this, you also have microbiome testing available to you. But if you needed to prioritize something based on finances, I would go with the food first and the bloods. That's plenty to work with. You will, in my experience, feel a lot better. And we can visit microbiome later if we feel like we need to. That's exactly what I say. But the huge majority of people, before I even finish speaking, just look at the menu and go, I'll do both. Yeah. Like, okay, oh, so as when I started actually having this document and going through it and saying, look, here are your options, but you don't have to go this far. Yep. particularly if budget's an issue, but people, half majority of people just stop me without even finishing and say, no, I'll do all of that. Yeah. That excites me. Yep. I like, so that's been really eye-opening for me. And again, I, it seems kind of silly that it took me that long to go, oh, I've actually just showed people <laughs> rather than yeah. assume. They've prioritised their health by seeing you in the first place. They've prioritised yeah. their health by making that first commitment to come and see you. And I was exactly the same. And I mean, I work from home and I would, and I'd be like, oh, I'm worrying, worrying, you know, you don't have to take all these things. You don't have to do all of this. And then I'd see them out the door and they'd be climbing into their brand new Merc. And I'd be like, duh. Totally. Oh my why, gosh. Why yeah, was I even sitting there like that? It took me ages to figure <laughs> out that 
yeah, you offer them as an option. I always just say there's this one, this one, this one. I don't actually have the price, but that's a really smart move, having them listed as a price. I have a brochure and I say it's this one, this one, this one. And then they will say, how much is that? And then I'm generally like, oh, God, some stupid number. It's like 289 or something. And I can't remember. So then I remembered to start writing them down. They're actually on my receipt pad. So I could open, turn it over and go, oh, that one is. And I would have the prices. So now, yeah, of course, yeah. they're... Now, of course, I've got them on my computer, but back in the day, I was like, oh, how much are they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, that order of operations is, okay, cool, we need bloods, then I definitely prioritise food. Microbiome, it's the magic combo, but we can go there later if we need to budget. And, yeah, some people do only do bloods to start with, and that's fine. Like, you know, we still get started with a diet diary and a few foundational treatments. The bloods give us a lot of info to go for the next appointment, whatever people choose to do. But just planting the seed of the order of operations for them and what's available to them in the future, that's been helpful. Because people come back to you at some point like, oh, I actually want to do that now. Cool, set it up. I mean, they've got the document on them to refer back to. Um, And, you know, some people, um, for whatever reason, again, even though I'll say my preferred order of operations in this, if I can sense they're like, I don't know, a gut microbiome obsessed centric person, I'll say, oh, but for you, microbiome might be worth doing first. Um, Some people, look, because I do work a lot with mental health too, I do attract a lot of the um, copper pyrrole kind of crowd um so they usually come in knowing what they want to do so with again my the other testing i use a lot of is hair tissue mineral analysis yeah and i'll privately order zinc copper profile blood testing okay so for these very specific people i will not have food testing microbiome up there so i will say look to really nail that area for you I need the hair tissue mineral analysis as a priority and the zinc copper profile and all your basic bloods. And then I'll say future, but I would encourage, you know, I mean, with all that stuff, you've got to heal the gut anyway. So I would encourage you to go there at some point, but we'll start here for you. So it just depends, but because gut and mental health is predominantly what I'm seeing. Like those in terms of fancier, like functional testing, that's 95% of all I do. Food testing, microbiome, and hair tissue mineral analysis. That's it, really. Yeah. Very rarely other types of tests, but that's um, yeah, because it's all we could be twins. That's pretty much what I do as well. Well, I say to people, <laughs> even people yeah. coming in with endo or something mm-hmm. hormonal, I say, look, at the end of the day, I said, yeah, I've got access to all the fancy hormone stuff, but at the end of the day, we have to heal your gut and your nerves first. Yeah. And people really get that, and they go, yeah. oh yeah, cool, okay. Yeah um yeah so that's kind of um my approach so it's the kind of half hour of note taking and whatever Mm -hmm. and asking them what their priorities are and then going cool bunch of foundational things we can do but just want to run you through your options with testing and the underlying factors and stuff and yeah people will pretty quickly tell you what they want to do. So you kind of set that up, get their hair, order their test, whatever. Um, occasionally people will say, I'm not sure and I want to think about it. I say, that's totally fine. I'll lay that all out for you and you go back to me. Um, and then, yeah, look, so that process I've got now, it's just taken the pressure off a bit from the um, college style of 
how I was taught to do an appointment where you had to kind of think on the spot of how you were going to deal with everything and nail the prescription in that moment. It's too much pressure. Mm. Um, And I catch myself sometimes doing it. I'm not perfect. I have my moments with people where for whatever reason, I'm like, oh, I want to figure this out now. And I'm just going to take a deep breath, go back to my process. So it's good to have a formula down for you to remind myself of because I do catch myself times running off and going back into those old patterns. So I'm, I do. So when I say foundational treatments, okay, with, again, with my experience with mostly seeing chronic gut stuff and mental health, it's kind of like at this point, you know, obviously we're going to use all the testing to individualize treatment, but at this point, majority of people leave my room with a prescription for PHGG, a bit of zinc, a bit of magnesium. Yeah. Um, a note about have some Iberogast on hand for flare-ups. It's just this basic stuff that they're all going to need regardless of testing. Yeah. Um, or if they have had bloods and come through on their intake and their D or B12 is terrible, cool, straight on to that. And it's just that's all I'm doing at the beginning, the total basics. Yeah. Um, but, again, people, you know, report starting to feel better. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just taken the pressure off you know, having to, um, you know, get too detailed to prescriptions and prescribing at that initial appointment because I felt like that was very much the college experience for me. Yeah, Um, with the college experience as well, then they're assuming that you might, if you're lucky, get that person back once before your semester ends, before that 13 weeks is over. And so they try to get you to do everything and everyone's there helping you. So, of course, you've got like five brains to discuss this person. So, of course, you can come up with some answers after that first appointment and some good ideas because you've got five brains on it. You've got your two P2s. There's yourself. There's the person dispensary. You know, there's the um, lecturer. So all of these people are all willing to give their comment. And and it's not realistic. Yeah, I guess um, I wish I did. I guess the things I wish I was taught leaving college and you know just figuring it out on my own and how to run a private cl- clinical practice was I think I personally think there does need to be more of an emphasis on us using bloods effectively mm. yeah. so much gets missed like oh, yeah. I find so much in blood testing like just the basics nothing crazy yeah. like that really um you know the doctor hasn't tested for it or they just haven't had tests ever or um, they've had tests and it's stuff is really suboptimal, but in the brackets, no one said anything. And you correct it and it really makes a huge difference for people. It's a really nice, um, yeah, I do emphasize people use bloods for their patients if they can, at least the basics. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I wasn't really, yeah, I was taught pathology at college, but I wasn't really taught a streamlined um, approach to well how should you do this in practice you know um should you do it for every patient and try to communicate with the doctor and all that kind of stuff I had to really figure that out on my own totally Um, so we're going to leave it here for today and I'm going to get you back in again very very soon to talk about some of that burnout experience as well because I think we've got um a really good process happening now of what you do to go through that conversation, then the questions, the testing, and to get them out, which is what I'm always banging on about because I know having lectured 
and seeing the difference because when you try to when I try to remember back all those years it was a long time ago to remember back to having a lecturer there and having your p2 in the room and all the rest of it Mm. and um, so then to be lecturing it and then to see and then go hang on I don't do that anyway this is what I do (laughs) I haven't done it like that ever so um yeah, it's been great to talk to you. And I will get those um, doc- the letter off you, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, the, and I will put them in the show notes from today. So, um, so everybody out there, and they will be on my website so that you can get those. But thank you so much, Stephen. It's been wonderful to speak to you today. And I look forward sure. to speaking to you again soon. Thanks so much for joining me today. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast for the weekly episodes. If you'd like even more support and learning, then the Academy is for you. Here you'll find part two of the herbal discussions, more clinical learning, and case studies to support your clients in practice. Bye for now.